Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So what's your name? Daddy, M-A-C. And what you drink? F-B-O-R-T-E-Y. Cause it's a lifesaver when you need thirst quenching like a kiss with a lime and twist. Now you know that's kicking. Word. So drink up, drink up is what you gotta do. Why? Cause I like the Sprite in you. We like the Sprite in you too, Chris and Cross. Welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is Beats Around the Bush season, where we're talking about beats, that is hip hop, around the Bush president's era, uh, the first Bush, that is, 88 to 92. And today, specifically, we're talking about the mystery of Tone Loke, L-O-C. I'm Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here, as always, with M-A-R-K Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Why? Because I like the Sprite in me, too. Mm, I mean, Lyman. It's two great tastes that taste great together. (laughs) So what uh, inspired us to talk about the mystery of Tone Loke and what exactly is the mystery of Tone Loke? I'm so glad you asked. So (laughs) as you may recall, Sarah, and as listeners may recall, I have been in the calendar year of our Lord 2022 on a nerdy odyssey of reading really old issues of Billboard magazine online. And I I just kept coming across articles from the 89-90 era that talked about Tone Loke's wild success. Wild Thing, uh, his first hit, which reached number two on the Hot 100, was the first platinum and first double platinum rap single. Funky Cold Medina, the follow-up single, which reached number three, was the second platinum rap single. And his album, Loked After Dark, <laughs> was the fir- was the first number one rap album. And if you are a chart nerd like me, you know the statistic that Vanilla Ice was the first rapper to reach number one on the Hot 100. And there are some people who point to that statistic and say that rap was unfortunately not allowed to truly succeed until a white dude did it. Mm. But that is, I think, an overly simplified and often quite convenient argument that ignores the incredible success that Tone Loke had. And since I'm on this topic, the only reason that MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This didn't go to number one is that the record company deleted the the physical commercial single so that... uh, it was only climbing on airplay points and therefore forcing people to buy the whole album. Otherwise, that al- that song would have gone to number one before Ice Ice Baby. Not you have me. told me that before and every time I'm just like justice for Reverend Hammer because I know I mean, yes, that song was omnipresent. And yes, it's very easy to make fun of his pants and whatever was going on with his, you know, cutaway jacket with no shirt underneath and then when he tried to be hard and all that stuff, like he's an easy target, but that song was played three different times at my prom for a reason. And the reason is that it is still a danceable banger in my opinion, but we'll be talking about that in a future episode. Yeah, because you're correct. P.S. So this all bring, and then also tone Loke followed up this really, really massive success that was not just success for him as an artist, but success for rap as a genre with a Grammy nomination, not only for best rap solo performance, but also Sarah for best new artist. And uh, I just feel like that is pretty remarkable. But what I find even more remarkable, and here is where we get to the mystery of Tone Loke, his follow-up album, 
Cool Hand Loke. Love that title. Sorry. Delightfully named. <laughs> Love it. Did not even chart on the hop on the Billboard album chart at all. It didn't chart at all. And his um comeback single for that album, a song that I recently listened to called All Through the Night, only peaked at number 80 on the Hot 100. So what I feel is the great mystery is how can someone who was so likable and so popular have a second album that doesn't chart at all, a follow-up single that doesn't reach the top 40? I find it mysterious. And I don't know that we have an answer for this mystery because it's more existential than anything, (laughs) but I just, it is just so weird to me. And it seems Sarah, that this is also the fate that that befell many people on the delicious vinyl label. Mm. We've already spoken about the underappreciated, but incredibly awesome Def Jeff, who who is featured on a song called mean green on cool hand Loke um, and helped to write it. And you have a bunch of crossover with Young MC, with um, who was also on Delicious Vinyl, mm-hmm, yes, with Larry Mizell, um, with uh, the aforementioned in a previous episode, West Coast Rap All Stars. Uh, we're all in the same gang. I actually have a clip that we can listen to later if you would like. Of course, featuring I would. Yes, when the time comes, Def Jeff, Ice T. Um, I. Th- I think Dre is on this. JJ Fad is on this. Like in this one track, it is like just a a drenching rain of spat rhymes. That is an absolutely terrible way to put it. But um, (laughs) that's why I edit these before you're hearing them. (laughs) But it's it's really like this guy was tied into like '80s rap, hip hop production like Rushmore, I guess you would say, or royalty. And then the next time you sort of see him, he's rapping over the credits of Ace Ventura with yeah. Jim Carrey. And I, I clip that also because it's just, it's just utterly 1994. And I, I, it makes me feel things that are sad. <laughs> so, well, exactly. And so this brings me again to the, to the central mystery I understand that you can release a follow-up album and it doesn't do as well. And then maybe you were a flash in the pan, but how can Tone Loke have been so popular and then just completely vanish like this? Because also Sarah, I would add, I know I've touched on this already, but I think that Tone Loke is really pretty likable as an artist. He he raps about things mostly written by young MC, but still that might be considered um, offensive in a lot of ways, but he's just got this sort of, I don't give a fuck. I know I'm bad here. My sunglasses attitude that I quite enjoy. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to actually talk about, first of all, the two songs, which, you know, is this an injustice that he's known for only two songs and it's only these two? Maybe. But I'd like to hear what you think about the songs qua songs. And then I want to kind of get into something that we were talking about in our last episode, which is, is there that like, crossroads of 1990 where like in certain ways we're not passing it's not like a permeable membrane like i'm wondering if he just was 280s to to cross over and also i'm wondering if this sound of his which i think is very 80s and is pretty close to jvc force like why you're into it with this but jvc force you're like nope not for me 
I have two immediate responses to this very fair question. One, JVC Forested ne- never had a video in heavy rotation on MTV. That's and MTV fair. when I was when I was eleven, MTV taught me what to like. Yep, absolutely. Gotcha. And two, I just find that it's this is such an old lady answer, but it's just easier to understand what Tone Look is saying. <laughs> I just want to rap with the hippity hops. <laughs> so with with that in mind, with the clarity of his narrative gifts at the forefront of our minds, let's listen to a clip of the number two single, Wild Thing. Doing a little show at the local discotheque. Just find a chick was on my jock, so I said, what the heck? She wanted to come on stage and do a little dance. So I said, chill for now and maybe later, you'll get your chance. So when the show was finished, I took her around the way. And what do you know, she was good to go without a word to say. We was all alone and she said, Tone, let me tell you one thing. I need $50 to make you holler. I get paid to do the wild thing. Say what? Yo, love you, boss. Hasta <laughs> la vista, baby. I I will give him this wild thing as a sort of cultural like Argo for doing it. Just like sustained. I mean, and it you know it, like it came from the trogs and people have been calling it that forever and whatever. But like this, this like just hit something right on the sweet spot in terms of cultural references, both itself and within the song. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Just it just was the moment when we needed this expression. Yeah, it, it, it's an uh, uh, interesting use of a Van Halen sample that's from a Van Halen song called Jamie's Crying. Mm-hmm. And that definitely is tying the song back to the Aerosmith run DMC Walk This Way, which was the first rap song to reach the top 10. Right. A few years prior. So. I think that might be another reason that I was uh, able to embrace and accept this song is that, again, it was like building off of something that had already been on MTV. I also just love and have always loved the line, I need $50 to make you holler. I get paid to do the wild thing in a way that might have been my first exposure to what prostitution is. Who can say? (laughs) I Also, this sex worker's journey from... I'm trying to uh, dance. I'm trying to get on stage as a tone low dancer to, <laughs> okay, well, back to work. Well, and also she, I, it's hard to tell if she is following the golden rule here or not, which is get the money up front. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> tone low has a real gift for rapping in a way that makes him seem like he doesn't um, care that much about things. So when he says, say what there's just a sort of low-key stoner quality to it that i find very amusing (laughs) yeah it's true like is some of this stuff the way that we talk about sex work um trans people at like any of that no it is not is it as much not how we talk about it as it could be no which is (laughs) something I don't know. Like, I can think of many other contemporaneous Sheena was a man, and that's in Funky Cold Medina, we'll get to it. But <laughs> yes. I, I can think of many other sort of similar, like, whatever, trans panic 
moments in the culture that were way less low key that he's sort of like, yeah, so Sheena was invited to yeah, get out. Okay. I mean, we might as well just jump ahead now because <laughs> there is, uh, uh, yes, in the song Funky Cold Medina, there is a whole verse. Uh, so Tone Loke drinks this potion called Funky Cold Medina or the dog drinks it. Anyone who drinks the potion Funky Cold Medina is in a sex fog, basically. Yeah, it's... um. My understanding of it when this song came out is that basically we didn't have this term then, but it was Spanish fly or roofies, basically, which is yes. like not okay for this but to that, be the, but that, apparently it's just, just a fuzzy navel. Well, then also, uh, but then when the dog drinks the song he called Medina, the dog gets rampagingly horny, uh-huh. which is not what I understand it happens with a roofie. no. So Funky Cold Medina is a mysterious brew that seems to have both narcotizing and uh, eroticizing effects. I I mean, whatever goes in a fuzzy navel, which I don't remember. Cognac? Orange juice? Lint? (laughs) (laughs) It's always blue. I don't know why. <laughs> Let's hear a clip while I try to calm down. Oh, <laughs> and that was perfect. Bless you and keep you always. Here's a clip of Funky Cold Medina. Go <laughs> oh, cool and add a ball. And I'm looking for some action. But like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around. Boy, none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up, what a L.O.C.? The girls was all jocking at the other end of the barn. Having drinks with some no-name chump when they know that I'm the star. So I got up and strolled over to the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy, why are you so fly? He said, funky cold Medina. I mean, it's it's like such a good... It's such a good break. Like, it's like Wild Thing, but better. Like, Oh, interesting. Because I would give the slight edge to Wild Thing. Hmm. Tell me more, but tell me more. I mean, it's like a very slight edge. I like both songs quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, I just like, this is like a crisper hook. And mm. Wild Thing is like one verse too long. Like, it's one exhibit of evidence too many about the wild thing that he's like and here's another vignette and i'm like wrap it up we're over four minutes <laughs> this sample among others in the in the joint is from uh foreigners hot-blooded which is like a perfect marriage of form and function there um and there's just something about like we liked this one in carpool much better to the complete horror of every mom involved of course yes Um, of course but it might partly have been (laughs) that line about spuds mckenzie alex from (laughs) strohs like (laughs) now you're just making dogs up um but yeah it was just like but again there's this like very kind of like huh like there's an almost anthropological level of chill to his reports about this that he's like, so, you know, I gave this lady a drink and then it turns out that um, Sheena was a man and like, it's, you know, it's not great. And also it's like two, it's the first verse is like two dudes at this bar, like collaborating to get 
women fucked up and kind of a obliterate the line of consent or like sprinkle enough belly button lint on it so that nobody can exactly see where it is, which is not cool. But that's pop music for you, regardless of subgenre, that it's like we we're about trying to get it in or we're crying because we can't. These are the these are the choices. Um I mean, so, it's so true. I yeah. would feel like 94% of everything we've talked about on this show boils down to I'm so I'm so excited I'm fucking or I'm so sad I'm not currently fucking yeah and then there is a you know there are more than a few songs that both of us can think of off the top of our heads that like this is about fucking minors this is about fucking somebody who's not your spouse this is about trying to kill someone like it you know pop music got some pathologies and um it's it's not all on uh, tone loke, although certainly like, would this song come out today as written? No, it wouldn't. Nope. Will rap and hip hop basically working through the same shit as country murder ballads and fandom get clocked a thousand times harder because it's rap and hip hop? Yes, it will. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to try to, um, follow the trail of breadcrumbs to wherever Tone Loke is now, which I think he's still touring on the, on a tour that you saw, right? Well, so he didn't see him. So I saw the mixtape tour, not to be confused with Tone Loke's I Love the 90s tour. Right. Which is a bit of a misnomer because both of his hits came out in 19, he both of his hits peaked in 1989, but I'm not going to tell Tone what to do. Well, and Tone apparently um, struggles with some sort of seizure disorder, which is why he's always wearing sunglasses, because the lights on stage can sometimes trigger a tr- trigger an incident. I, I know. I learned guy. today. Um, but yeah, like I was just sort of looking at, at Wikipedia and I was like, this doesn't. I mean, there was no like the culture moved on from this kind of thing i i wouldn't call necessarily either of these novelty songs like they're not i mean they're not not novelty songs like funky cole medina is a little novelty but they're not so it's not like the chipmunks fucking christmas song right it's not yeah it's not like it was released by someone who thinks that rap is just a goof and they're you know it's clear like tone loke was a rapper and the other thing is that the single from the next album, All Through the Night, that did peak at number 80, is a slow jam rap love song in the style of LL Cool J's Around the Way Girl or I Need Love. Like it, There definitely was a, a precedent. And also, um, El DeBarge is singing the hook on that song, so it doesn't actually sound like either one of these songs. It sounds much more like other things that were going on. So it's in, and, and Tone Loke raps at a much deeper register. So there's no reason that it should have been rejected, except that it was. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And then, you know, I sort of went into the catalog on Apple Music and was like, all right, well, it's going to suggest these two songs, which, of course, I'm going to listen to and contemplate. And then let's see what else it gives me. And I'm just like scrolling. and I'm like, all right, I'll listen to this. I'll listen to that. I looked at some of them up on whosample.com. And like, there's a lot of old school, early to mid 70s soul samples um, that he uses like on Chiba Chiba, which like, okay, in the late 80s, that's not going to get a ton of radio play unless you can bury the metaphor a little more, especially not when your song starts like this. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, sorry. <laughs> but then the main part of the song is this. I ain't bullshit, man. It's the wild boy. I mean, that's just like a really fun, juicy bass line. But then this song, as we've been saying, pretty relaxed like he's talking like he is in actually a lot of his songs about like just really enjoying pot and really enjoying <laughs> sex and really enjoying stoned sex and in this song there's like a whole verse about his lady friend who has the sweaty buds and then his bud gets her all sweaty and it goes on like that for a while and it goes on for so long, this description of like getting baked and boning, that it goes through boring and comes back around to interesting. <laughs> but he just doesn't, I don't know, like maybe that's, maybe that's it. Like maybe at the turn of the decade, everybody was looking for something a little more, um, a little more uh, urgent or... Um, like faster, like yeah, Def I Jeff that- seems like he was unfairly overlooked by this era in terms of what he was doing. But then Tone Loke, I think, might have been ahead of his time. And some of these stoner songs should have come out like in 92 or 93 around like the um, like Diggable Planets or even or Cypress Hill or even later like Far Side where it was much more like um I don't know THC forward I don't know how you want to put it right right well and even now songs that Drake makes a lot of them have a sort of similar laid back 
baked quality to them that maybe Tone Loke helped uh, set the precedent for, even though we left him behind. Yeah. I'm also just thinking about what you said with regard to the energy level of things, because MC Hammer, who had who did manage to actually have two hit albums, uh, well, really more than two hit albums, but he had two albums with top 10 singles on them. So that's more than Tone Loke. Mm-hmm. And his songs were very high octane mm-hmm. and that cannot have hurt. And, you know, uh, Tone Loke did an Ace Ventura song. Hammer did Adam's Groove from the Adams Family movie. Yeah. It's not like they're that far apart, but somehow uh, MC Hammer with his dazzling showmanship was the one whose uh, movie's tie-in song got really high up the charts. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think that, I think if we were talking to um, Mr. Anthony Terrell Smith right now, Tone looks real we were like for those yes. playing at home. <laughs> I think if we were like, uh, so what happened, man? He'd be like, nothing. I invested my royalties wisely. I continued to produce work and I was able to eat and I go on tour and I get money from that and everything's fine. I'm not living out of a Chevy citation. It's not a big deal. And, you know, like I assume that's the case and fair enough. But it is always fascinating to me and I know to you because of the Lost Songs Project, like why why X and not also Y? Like, yeah, wh- I agree. Why this person and not that person? And when you look at the lineup again of um, this West Coast Rap All-Stars group and it's like uh, most of the names you still know. But then some of them you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> well, that's and a others, great you're segue. like, oh, this person is, you know, in in Valhalla. So, yeah, it's it's really a it's really a fascinating question. And I think we do have a sample of we're all in the same gang. Uh, we Not do. a sample, but a clip. We do. We're going to hear, um, I think, a little of JJ Fad and then Def Jeff and then Tone Loke and then Ice-T wraps it up. I believe that's the order. Um, buckle up. This clip's a little long, but I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, the song itself is like 500 minutes long, so uh, yeah. a long clip is to be expected. <laughs> I may cut it down in post. We'll see what happens. Here is We're All in the Same Gang. Gang violence needs to be wiped out. One and the same, everyone came in the same chains. Caught with the same aim, brain games, and names change. Destroyed the black male crack jail and semi-automatic and static if the crack fails. So since we all talk the same slang, stop killing my brother, cause we're all from the same gang. Don't you know we got to put our heads together? Make the chance, cause we're all in the same gang. Now I think you, I used to get my bang on. And on the app, get my part-time slang on. On a time for me was no joke, though. They knew I was crazy, so they labeled me loco. Cappies, please, dog, I feel it's sporty. Low riding and tossing up a 40. Thinking them a mind that no one can handle us. The Dallas brothers never touched Los Angeles. Being the pimps that we are. We're here to speak of a situation that is going too far. Here at home, in the ghettos of L.A. Where a young black girl is not promised to see the next day. Cause we used to come from the streets before we made beef. But fools just lay and pray on the weed. And don't depend on the color of a rag. Cause if you got what they want, you know they're gonna take 
what you have. Violence the only revolve from drugs and thugs and gangs that bang most times. It's a political thing. Yeah, a couple of spots are getting tired. The government wants the fancy dick and all this stuff. Ice T, ripping the microphone the way I do. Listen close, my brothers, 'cause I'm talking to you. The problem is we got a suicidal lifestyle. 'Cause 90% of us are living foul and wild. I say job, you say bad. I have to say. The more I hear of Ice T's flow, which is like I'm just used to him as like an actor, mostly, and then occasionally being interviewed about the song "Cop Killer" in a documentary or something, and I'm really getting into him as a hip hop artist during the season for the first time. Right, his, his it's pretty hot. Is it me? No, he was he's fucking great. Yeah, he's got yeah. such a natural commanding flow it, it really is exciting to listen to him rap yeah and i mean but the contrast just in that clip um of like everybody's on the same beat and like doing the same rhymes but like when you're leading with deaf jeff who has like absolutely like it's just this concentrate of rhymes like rapid fire And then there's a break, and then Tone Low comes in, and like they even change the backbeat because he's mm. just a more mellow guy. But then he's talking about getting his bang on and how they used to call him Loco, and I'm like, did they though? I mean, <laughs> they, like maybe they did, but wouldn't they have called you Chillo or Tranquilo? Like you, <laughs> you seem El Tortuga. Yeah. <laughs> oh. El Verde. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really interesting. Like the song is a week long, but all the all the ways in which it evolves from MC to MC is pretty fucking cool. And although I, thought I did that notice clip was instructive, uh, totally. It, I did notice it's produced by Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Heard of him? Uh, yeah. And two of the women featured on the song, both. D Barnes and Michelle A would later uh, accuse Dr. Dre of assault. So complicated. Yeah. Um, and I believe that was Dre in the middle in between Loke and T. Complicated. That's, yeah. I mean, it, it actually isn't. Don't be a rapist. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It isn't complicated at all. Uh, it, <laughs> don't use uh, funky if, cold Medina to get what you want from women who don't already want to give it to you with enthusiastic consent. That's bad and a felony. But also bad is Ace Ventura pet detective. That was a bad segue. I think uh, I might've pulled a scapular muscle somewhere, but <laughs> I, I appreciate your saving us from that dark well of sadness. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's bad. But I also, uh, this sort of brings us back to something that we return to periodically here at Mastas in terms of like authenticity and the idea of selling out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a huge focus of discussion in hip hop, like radio versus evolving to gangster rap at around 1990. I think that was a very big, tense conversation about authenticity and what that meant and how it could be used against hip hop artists and still is today in like in like court proceedings right right so 
but then, you know, the, like this quote, soft artists like MC hammer that it was like, well, it's, you know, if it's safe for radio, it sucks or it's not real. So I wonder if that's not part of the, the tone loke mystery that he like young MC was kind of authentically PG to PG 13. Right. And that wasn't going to cut it in a new sort of more um, intense, urgent, um, dark era of hip hop narrative. I mean, what I don't know is a lot. I'm just theorizing. But that, you know, I don't know. And yet at the same time, in the same era that you've got Dr. Dre and uh, other artists, spearheading the hardcore gangster rap narrative. You've also got Shoop racing up the charts and you've got all yeah. of those PM Dawn us three songs that we talked about a few weeks ago. So again, it's like maybe that's part of it because tone Loke had identified himself with this group of people, particularly when he was on, we're all in the same gang, but I don't know. It's like cut Loke a break is what I would say. But then again, young MC and, uh, uh, Young MC and Biz Marquis also yes. faded away. And they were in the same general wheelhouse as Tone Loke, I would say. Yeah, I th- I think that's true. I feel like I feel like Biz Marquis, though, and this is again just like my sense from like living in the world on social media, is that Biz Marquis was like beloved and respected as a vanguard in a way that Young MC isn't even though bust a move is like when aliens finally come and repossess the earth from shitty humanity, they will know that song. That's right. (laughs) You know, they will understand that you try to hang yourself with a celibate rope. Yeah. It's still, I will still bust a chair move to bust a move. And of course I bought his second album, even though, mom mc was like that's not gonna be for me because it's bad and redundant you're the one who owned a copy of brainstorm (laughs) (laughs) and at the rec x they wouldn't buy it back from me in fact they i think may have made me pay to even be allowed to come back there after trying to (laughs) sell them brainstorm fair (laughs) amazing uh, well, still but it, I though. think that we have a clip of the song that he performed, that Tone Loke performed for Ace Ventura, if I'm not mistaken. We do. Tone, put that big ass size 13 on and kick it for the homies. I mean, this is there is a long tradition of songs from rap songs from movies that are just the plot of those movies. Uh, 
Adam's Groove, as previously stated, Men in Black, uh, Wild Wild West, also by Will Smith. So and let this- us always remember and never forget. Crozier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's okay. right. Any given Sunday. So, Jimmy you know, Fox. why not? Why not this song? I, yeah, it's it's meh. <laughs> I mean, it's not good, but it's not any worse than any of the other songs that were bigger hits. Well, and I saw this movie in the theater to get the air conditioning. I enjoyed it fine. It's better than some movies I've gone to for the air conditioning. And when Tone Loke showed up on screen, my brother and I were both like, oh, sweet. Like right. uh, this, yeah. this will be probably at least a C minus, and then it was fine. And you know, it does have an unfortunate reveal where Courtney Cox's yeah. character is trans, and then uh, Ace Ventura. Oh, isn't it Sean Young? Oh, I'm sorry, Sean Young's character is revealed as trans, and then Ace Ventura has this meltdown where he like gives himself a Silkwood shower while the song the crying game is playing yeah and he's like toilet plunging his face like yeah that's not it is um, tone loke's continuing association with trans panic is um (laughs) perhaps that's what the mystery is is that um (laughs) the universe (laughs) the universe's long arc of justice has bent back towards him on this point but I don't know. Jim Carrey, though, certainly seems to have managed to. I'm not. Listen, I'm not mad at it because it really, truly was like it was wrong. And even at the time when I was like 13, I thought, oh, that doesn't seem very polite. But, you know, it is terrible and there's no justifying it. But like, I I don't know. Jim Carrey's okay. (laughs) Tone Loke is fine. And Tone Loke is fine. And like, you can only live in the world that is right. So, you know. I don't expect Jim Carrey and Tone Loke to be objecting to this particular element of a script or song. So, Right, totally. Well, and then Tone Loke also rather delightfully has had quite a career as a voiceover artist. So mm-hmm. part of the mystery of Tone Loke is solved in that he has continued to appear on television, including um, The Proud Family, King of the Hill... Uh, he's, you know, he's done all right. Tone doing yeah. okay. No, like I said, he's not, he's not living out of the back of a citation and, um, and he's, he's been fine. I think he's been working steadily. I think he does, you know, still collaborates with whoever he wants to collaborate with. And when he would like to put a new garage on the house, he goes back out on the, I love the nineties tour and it's all good, but it is mostly not a mystery of like what happened to him, but what, you know, is there actually a sort of um, dividing point right. within the beats around the bush, like catchment era where certain artists were not going to survive as like enduring names in hip hop just because of whatever their radio circumstances or however the subgenre was evolving. And I mean, I don't know if any of our theories are correct, but it's not like they repossessed his house as far as I can tell. So it, I, it kind of doesn't matter. Like this can be a pleasantly unsolved mystery. Right. Well, it is, but it really is fascinating to think about why some of these huge, huge 
stars just didn't make it and why others did. Yeah. Well, listeners, I hope that you've made it with us to the end point of this episode and that you will be with us when we return next time on the Beats Around the Bush season to discuss songs from this period that are objectively embarrassing, but that we still on some level have affection for. (laughs) And it's no mystery that we can't make this podcast without you and your support and your comments. You can find us still as of this uh, writing slash recording on Twitter at talk songs. And of course we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash mastass. For every mystery, there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps it's you. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. My, 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 my music hit me so hard. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. Sound the bell, school is in, sucker. Can't touch this. Give me a song, a rhythm, making them sweat. That's what I'm giving them now. They know, they talk about the hammer, they're talking about a show that's hot and tight. Singles are sweating so fast, I'm a white or tape. To learn, what's it gonna take in the 90s to burn the charts? Legit, either work hard or you might as well quit. That's word, because you know, you can't touch this. You can't touch this. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.